Uh, so Janice, welcome to the Taco Talk podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. And uh, like I said, I reached out to you uh, because of your background and uh, I think you posted something on LinkedIn. And I was like, oh, this is right up my alley. So I just wanted to have you on here. You're also in the e-commerce world. I'm in the e-commerce world. And so um, go ahead and give people a little bit of an intro of what you do and um, any value you bring to whatever you're doing, you know, Amazon and all the good stuff that you're working on. Hey Zlatko, so happy to be here. Um, I'm from Victoria, British Columbia. I'm actually a police officer up here. So I started Amazon as a side gig a long time ago. And I started, you know, when you're kind of, I was kind of bored on my days off because policing, I was doing two days, two nights, four off. And I was like, well, my kids are older. They're back in school. I'm like, what am I going to do all these four days off? Especially when it was during the week and my kids are at school. And I'm like, huh, Janice is bored. So... <laughs> looking on YouTube and I found this really cool thing called Amazon FBA and I know there's so many acronyms so Amazon FBA is fulfilled by Amazon which means you kind of send everything to Amazon products you want to sell and they sell it for you did you know that anybody can sell on Amazon I did not know that yeah yeah I was I was aware of that yeah I was aware of that <laughs> I did it way back when so when I first discovered I was like okay this is kind of fun and then I discovered RA, which is also retail arbitrage about four years ago. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. You mean I can go shopping, find items on sale. So I satisfy that urge to really shop and then I can resell for more money. I was like, huh, boom. <laughs> Explode head emoji. <laughs> so much fun. And I started making money and I was like, whoa. And my husband's like, okay, so you're getting paid to go shopping. I'm like, yes, I buy stuff on sale. I resell it on Amazon and then I started buying it in Canada on Canadian dollars and reselling Amazon States for American, which is like, you know, 10 cents Canadian is like a dollar American or something like that. Yeah. Exchange rate, right? It's crazy. Crazy. So I was doing that for a while and I'm like, okay, this is fun. But in the Amazon world, there's this thing called the buy box, which means if you are the seller on the listing and they click buy it, you get the sale. But sometimes okay retail arbitrage with buying stuff on sale and reselling it, there'd be a lot of sellers on the same listing. And I hated the competition. I'm like, this right. sucks. So I was like, okay, what can I do now? And then I discovered private label. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. So I started developing my own brands and we can talk about that later. I have two brands and I'm a bit, a bit different than Amazon sellers. I have no qualms talking about what my brands are and the names and everything and what I sell. So I've developed two six-figure brands now. Everything was growing exponentially. Remember, this was a side gig. Right, right, right. And then I was like, okay, wait, this is kind of fun. And I was like, okay, how am I going to grow my business more? So I was expanding off of Amazon and doing sales funnels and stuff. And then I got hurt. Okay. Oh, on the so, job? On the job. Okay. So imagine this. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you a story. Up here in Canada, I work by myself. So I was in uniform by myself on patrol and a call came through. A guy had just had his laptop stolen at about, it was about one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And he was tracking it on his iPhone, which it happens quite often. He's like, okay, my laptop is northbound on this street. The person just took, or my laptop just took a left turn. And I was listening to this on the radio. So I'm like, I think I know where this guy is going because I knew the area. Okay. So I, I tucked my police car in and I just waited and I was only there for about 30 seconds. And, and then I see a guy pop up from behind a building, all dressed in black, black backpack, hat on, pulled down yeah. low. And I'm like, oh, that's gotta be the guy. So I get <laughs> away, I'm like, 
please stop. And he looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, uh oh, this is going to be bad. And the chase was on. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so my 20 year old brain told my 47 year old body at the time, <laughs> wearing 22 pounds of gear, that it was a smart idea to chase this person. Oh. I should have waited for K9. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. so, Janice is humping it down the road, chasing this guy, going, what am I doing? I'm radioing in where I am. I get the guy cornered. I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm like, just stay where you are. And I'm waiting for another partner or somebody to show up. And then it's that look again. He looks at me, and I know he's high on drugs. You can tell from the eyes and how he's reacting. And yeah. I look at him, and I'm like, oh, no, this is just going to be bad again. And he comes up the hill, hops the fence at me where I am. I go to grab him. And we both turn together and fall on okay. pavement in the parking lot. So now I've got my ripped pants, blood coming out of my knees. He's fallen, dropped the backpack with the laptop in it, by the way. Okay. And then he takes off running again. And luckily at that time, my partner came in and started chasing him and taking over the chase. And there was a taser involved. There was pepper spray. Eventually he came around the building and I kind of knew where I was going. So I went across the road and had my gun out and said, okay, enough get down the yeah. ground, I yelled, I'm not going to yell on a podcast. Yeah. But after we got him arrested and stuff, and then Jen Lynn came out of my system, I was like, uh Oh, I really just hurt myself bad. And about two months later, I was walking with a cane because of Ooh. the chronic pain in my back just went and my career was over right there. Boom. Oh man. And I'm sure you have people listening to this podcast where a life changing event has happened especially with COVID going on right now and businesses crashing oh, yeah. and you've had to pivot, right? Well, it was at that moment I had to pivot, but it took me a couple months. I went through a depression and I went through, is there anything else I can do besides being a cop? Because I had that cop mentality. I'm like, I only know how to catch bad guys. Like, what can I do? Right. Right. And then I was like, okay, wait, I can do Amazon and I love it. I have a teaching degree from 20 years ago. So I'm like, eh, why don't I start teaching people to develop brands like I do? So that's what I do now. And so we have e-commerce queen B and I help other people develop brands and pivot and sell on Amazon. And it is so much fun. Damn. That's amazing. That is like one of the best stories. I need to just literally clip that out and make that its own little thing. Like we can even end the podcast right there. And I think everybody would be really happy. <laughs> Can you just imagine just hopping it down the road going, yeah. oh, this is all bad. I'm too old to be doing this. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. So, uh, so when you, uh, when you go into this whole Amazon world and you start going down the, I call it always call something the rabbit hole because when yeah. I get focused on something, I'm just like deep down, head down, let's go this way. Nothing else matters. Nothing, you know, um, how quickly after you, obviously this happened before your police career was, you know, quote unquote over, how long did it take you to actually, you know, let's say make your first sale and then see it as like, oh, this is actually a business that I can actually work on? Well, when I started with retail arbitrage, because I always recommend that people kind of start with that just to see what Amazon's about. A lot of, um, a lot less risk as well. It is. And it takes a little bit to figure out the shipping and putting your own labels on it and starting your own right. store and getting approved and stuff. So really I had my first sale in a month, but I'm probably like you, I go headlong into things. I'm more of a doer. And I make a list of, okay, I have to do this today. As long as I can get these things done today, I can do the next step tomorrow. And it's I step by it. step. I don't look at the whole picture. Of it's course, of step course. By step by step. 
And how are you, and how are you, because um, I know sometimes there's different, you know, tools and different things that you can use, like, you know, people are using task management tools, people are using shipping apps, people are using, you know, everything across. Are you a hand-on-paper type of person? Did you go all tech-based or did you just kind of figure everything out at once type of thing? Because I know for me at some point it was, you know, oh, there's a tool to do that. And it's like at some point you get over oversaturated with tools and you just kind of need to like weave things out. How did you, how did you organize yourself? Cause I think that's a big piece too, because you can go deep into something and then not think about, let's say registering a business or doing this or doing that. Like, how did you get into that whole thing? Or where, where's your knowledge come from? I guess. So I guess I've changed a lot. So back okay. then I was, I wasn't even cell phone calendar. Cause trust me, I've missed my share of court dates because I lose what it is in my calendar. So I was paper calendar way back when. Okay. Started with that. And then I was like, okay, I'm trying to keep up here, but people were sending me invites on my phone and I was trying to figure out how just to accept them. So it goes into that calendar. So now I use my calendar. Um, I am huge into having a whiteboard. I'm not in my office today, but I usually have a whiteboard right behind me because uh -huh. I'm a very visual person. I like just writing things right. down, and mapping things out, especially if I'm building a sales. Uh, uh, let me show you. Let me show you. I think you'll, uh, you'll appreciate this. There's a, <laughs> see you see those little boxes yeah there you yeah yeah i'm like an idea comes in i'm like straight to this whiteboard over here yeah that's exactly it i love my whiteboard but you know what yeah. i do now because i have people working for me now right okay commerce queen bee i use trello oh nice okay i'm an asana user myself love trello asana yeah. same thing Right. Pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Trello, it's all about a work, a work board. And I have uh, my marketing team down in California, down in um, right outside of LA, but they have virtual assistants in the Philippines and we all work on the same Trello board. So the time, Perfect. time zones and everything doesn't affect us. And we all have to-do lists and like there's one um, column on Trello that says Janice's to-do list, which keeps me in line and they tell me what to do and they can link where I have to go right off there, like whether it's a Google Drive or of course Airtable with some things with um, Facebook creatives. So I go into there, I do what I have to do, and I'm like, okay, I've done mine. And then I drag my box over to their bucket, right? Review right. what they have to do, and they, we just drag things back and forth. That's yeah. beautiful. That's exactly how we do it. The can Kanban style, the Kanban style board. Yeah. No, that that that's really awesome. Um. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's and and how big is your team overall? I mean, how many how many people are working for you? Well, I work here, and then my marketing team has one, two, three people. Oh, very nice. People, right. We. I'm very much all about the gig economy. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. I don't have full, so my marketing team is kind of full time, but they use virtual assistants and. Okay. I, like two, three hours a week kind of thing. And then I use, I've got a couple people on Fiverr that I use all the time. Um, I don't build websites. I don't know how to, I have no interest in it. So I've got a person that does that, but I hire them by gig or by task, which has allowed me to scale. And I know you've probably talked about that in podcasts. You can't do everything yourself. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. So value, I look at my time. I'm like, okay, so say my time is 40 bucks an hour, right? I have to learn it, figure out how to do it and do it. And usually I can figure it out. I'm probably not, it doesn't come out very good. So mm -hmm. say I've got a task, it's gonna cost me 10 hours to do, which is 400 bucks, but I can pay somebody $100 to do it who knows how to do it, has the expertise. Well, it's a no brainer to me. Here's Absolutely. the 100 bucks, 
get that done faster. I'm going to go out on my boat for the weekend. See you later. And I'll come back and get it after. I love it. I love it. That's, that's exactly how my brain works. I, I talked to this, uh, I talked to many people about the same thing. It's like, you have to know when to delegate and when to take it on yourself. Although I do believe that if you want to get it right, in certain cases, you have to do it yourself. But then there's things where it's like repetitious or some sort of automation or something like that, where you just say, hey, listen, this is how you do it. Give somebody like a manifest and, you know, take it on from here and, and do your thing. And that's really awesome. And did, is your marketing team, did you hire some sort of like agency that like does this sort of thing or just individual people that are kind of in the same geographical area? No, I have an agency who does it. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then do they do a lot of like Facebook ads and different things like that for you? They do all my Facebook ads, YouTube thumbnails. Um, my, they build all my sales funnels. Um, we're starting into YouTube ads now. They do almost everything for me. That's awesome. And where now do you see most the, of your, tra- where do you see most of your tracking coming, uh, uh, traffic coming from? Right now, Facebook ads. Facebook ads, yeah, huh? And then organic. Like okay. going on podcasts like yours. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Facebook groups. I belong to a couple of Facebook groups. I have my own Facebook group when people come in and we just started to do weekly question and answers where I pop on like every Monday into my Facebook group and you get Janice, whatever you have any questions about it, I try to answer or at least find the answer for you if I don't know it. That's so, awesome. And yeah. what is your, what would you estimate your overall kind of, let's call it a following to be your network of these people across like the different social media channels. Do you have a good like following in terms of all that or how, how does that scale on your end? Sorry, meaning size of Facebook group or Facebook groups I belong to? Uh, Facebook groups you either belong to or the ones that you're hosting and also like your Instagram uh, channels and your YouTube channel and all that stuff. Like what is your audience numbers like roughly? Do you get a lot of your stuff from YouTube? For, I'm, I'm, I would imagine YouTube is probably like the one of the bigger ones organically. Yes. Well, everything's just growing right now because e-commerce Queen Bee just launched. Okay. So I get about five subscribers a day with my YouTube channel. So it's growing quite nicely. Nice. Um, a big one because YouTube is a search engine, which is right. amazing. So say I'm on Google, I'm like, what is Amazon FBA? Well, I, if you have a video just like that, it's going to come up in the search results because Google owns YouTube. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. So I've got videos just growing exponentially depending on what the video topic is and what people are looking for. Amazon's a hot topic right now, especially selling on Amazon and starting your own store because people have had to pivot. The it's been a retail apocalypse, I call it. Right, right. It has been. It's been crazy. It's been Brick crazy. Brick and stores, you've got to pivot or you're going to close your doors. Like, it's been so tough. So by being able to have a product or doing retail arbitrage and selling on Amazon, you can still bring in the online sales and everything. Right? Yeah, so I feel like... Re- exactly. I feel like retail is going into like either being like, if it's a specific product, being one of those showcases, like a pop-up shop for quickly, that you need to have some sort of quick presence. Maybe you're doing like a road show or something like that. And then you move everything online, basically. That, that's how I kind of see things unveiling, especially all this COVID thing, this stuff. Oh, I definitely, or the pop-up shops on Facebook. I've been watching that too, and I haven't done it yet, but I know a lot of friends who are in MLM are starting to do the pop-up um, parties and Facebook lives and everything, and they're selling that way. And, and what has your been on YouTube? What has been like your biggest, I guess, surprise in terms of you posted something you're like, oh, I didn't get, I didn't uh, anticipate this sort of response. Like, was it, is it Amazon related or is it? Amazon mistakes. People oh. love to see 
that you aren't the guru of everything, that you make mistakes and you're authentic. So if you're going to ah. put it out there, so I talk about one. Okay. Can I tell you a story? Another one? Yeah. Tell me as many stories as you'd like. Do you know Fortnite? Come on. Mm -hmm. okay. Of course. Of course. So my. I, I'm not a gamer. I'm not a gamer, but I know no. Fortnite. You know Fortnite. So my, no. at the time, 15-year-old nephew, when it came out, I have a 15-year-old son and a 15-year-old nephew. They kind of live together in the same house. I live with my sister. It's a whole long story, but it works out really well. Okay. So, both of the kids were huge into Fortnite and I was watching this. I'm like, Oh my gosh, all they can think about is Fortnite and the laughing or the llama. And I'm just watching these guys just get sucked right into it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if I can make money on this. Right. On <laughs> yeah. So without even asking silly, silly me, I'm like, huh, I bet. And of course I didn't confirm this. I bet these kids short form it to Fort. They don't by the way. So then I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna short form it to Fort. And Supreme was really big at the time too, Supreme clothing. So I'm yep. like, I'm gonna make hoodies that say Fort in the Supreme lettering across. And I'm gonna sell them on Amazon. Fortnite has a lot of really big lawyers. <laughs> oh yeah, oh so yeah. I ordered 250 hoodies. I thought they were pretty cool. First of all, I should have verified with the kids that yes, the kids think Fortnite short form for Fort is pretty cool. It's not. <laughs> Second of all, I probably should have realized that if I use the word Fortnite in my listing on Amazon, I'm going to have lawyers come at me. And that's exactly what happened. It got cease and desist letters. And I sold about half the hoodies before this happened, but I had to pull all my stock, which was in the States. So it's a little bit more expensive to get back to Canada. And then I didn't know what to do because I couldn't sell it on Facebook marketplace because the lawyers monitor that. Couldn't sell it on eBay. The lawyers monitor that. I was like, what am I going to do with these hoodies? And let's just say there's a lot of people with secondhand store that have a lot of Fort hoodies walking around because I just took the whole truckload and got rid of them at Value Village. And the reason I did that is I had them sitting in my office for about a month not knowing what to do. And the sense of guilt and looking at it and failure that hit me in the face every day, looking at all this box. <laughs> I was like, this is not helping me. Yes, I made a mistake. Yes, I'll grow from it. Yes, I really screwed up. I have to get rid of these hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a video on that because people love to see that you make mistakes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, everyone, I think vulnerability nowadays is a very big topic, like being vulnerable to your mm -hmm. mistakes, to your business, to what you know, you don't know. I, I always, I always, uh, the first thing that always comes to my mind, a client comes to us and it's like, well, you guys are the experts. Shouldn't you know? Be like, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, just because we're the experts doesn't mean we know everything. Like, I don't even know everything about myself at this point. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> you know, if you're not failing, you're not growing. I, I completely agree. And what, what, outside of that, what was your other like biggest failure in the Amazon thing? Do you have another one that you're just like, Oh, I wish I never, or not wish I never did that. Cause you don't want to, you know, the, the failure is a good thing at that, at that point. But what is one thing that you're like, Oh, I can't believe how miserably I, that took a dump on me. Uh, patents. Patents. Patents and trademarks are really interesting because you, you have to have a patent, in whatever country you're selling on. So down in the States, I have, a, I have a brand called No Straw Challenge. I don't yep. like straws. I don't like that poor video of that turtle with the straw coming out of its nose. It just breaks my heart, right? And I, my I'm a huge animal person, so I, uh, I completely agree with you. So yeah, so my 13-year-old, I started No Straw Challenge, and she's very much a unicorn. 
So we have unicorn rainbow stainless steel straws and a whole line of them, right? That's what's selling on Amazon and off Amazon. Well, I was looking at um, Asia to, to um, get some new products and I saw they have foldable straws. Okay. Right? They're really cool. I was like, okay, these foldable straws are neat. They're silicone, they fold up, you can carry them in a case, you just pop it out. It's like a, uh, a tent pole just, or a blind man's cane. It just pops right out like that. Right. Like, awesome. So I got those into Canada, which was okay because I did verify that there was no patents in Canada. It only took about five months. And again, I had, you know, 3,000 straws, some rainbow unicorn straws, all foldable, sitting in a shipping container. And I get another cease and desist letter. Our patent has come through in Canada. And, and oh, there's a whole bunch of questions. It was like, how many do you have left? What are you selling them for? Blah, 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 blah. And luckily, I have a little bit of a police background. I was reading the letters from the um, lawyer because they even wanted it, me to tell them who my manufacturer was um, What other sellers are selling them like there was a huge list. Yeah, and I know my rights in Canada So I wrote them back saying thank you very much I will pull my own product off of Amazon because that's all I'm required to do and I will not answer any other questions unless you have a judicial authorization Oh nice, and they <laughs> never answer back <laughs> No, you need a warrant to find that information. I'm not just gonna give it up. Right, 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 but I still have like a lot of foldable straws in my shipping container that I'm trying to figure out what to do with. Right. Oh. I think that's the company who got it down in the States, which I think is the final straw and good on her, but she didn't have the patent Canada when I ordered and started selling them. But when she got it, I had to pull all my stock again. So it's just, you have to be really aware of patents and trademarks outstanding. And yes, I checked Canada, but I should have known that the patent in the States that her lawyers were applying for the one in Canada. Right, right, right. Because it's everyone's pretty much trying to do the cross-border thing, especially within Canada. So, exactly. wow, inter interesting, very interesting. Have you tried selling it to her? I know, eh? <laughs> so, you know what? I was selling mine for like ten bucks, and hers are like twenty-five, thirty bucks or something. Oh, that's probably also the other reason why she caught on so quickly because you were undercutting her prices. And the other thing is, with the manufacturers in Asia, they're not bound by that. They're going to copy anything, right? So people are like, going, you know, you're going to spend a ton of money in a trademark or a patent. Patents especially. If you have something new, sure, but it, you have to have a patent in every country you launch the product in. So I'm like, that's a lot of lawyer money. Get in, that's get a it. lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of lawyer money. That's a lot of lawyer money. Um, no, that's, that's really amazing. So are you on to any new uh, projects? That, or tell, tell me actually about, first tell me about the no straw challenge. And then tell me about the trace bags, because I saw that that was another thing. I'm really interested because I think those are really, really cool products. So like an animal lover like yourself. So no, no straw challenge about four years ago, my family and I, um, I just done a huge fundraiser here in Canada where I, I bicycled from the north of Vancouver Island all the way to the south of Vancouver Island. It was about just over a thousand kilometers to wow. raise money for kids to go, kids who are fighting cancer to go to camp, right? We raised 1.3 million, our team of cops, which I thought was amazing. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, Good and we sponsored kids, right? But it took a lot out of me. I was emotionally exhausted after that. I trained for about six months and then riding down and hearing all the stories of the kids with cancer just totally wiped me out. So when I got home, I was like, okay, we're out. So I took my husband and my two kids and we went down to Costa Rica for a month. I've wow. always wanted to go there. 
I love Costa Rica because of how eco-friendly it is and how Pura Vida they call it and how they're just really in tune with nature and you just really get to slow down. And that's yeah. what I need. But down there, we're at um, a restaurant and my daughter finally looks at me, she's like, mom, do you know what's, so something weird here. And I'm like, I don't know what. She's like, well, look around. And this is, her, her name's Izzy. And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, there's no plastic straws. And I'm like, you're right. I'm sitting here drinking out of a bamboo straw. And I'm like, well, so then we started doing a bit more research. And then she showed me that video of the turtle. So that was like, bing, 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 bing. You know, entrepreneur mind. I'm like, okay, wait, we have a lot of plastic straws in Canada. Straws were just starting to become banned. I think Seattle was the first city that did it. So we brought No Straw Challenge up to Canada. And again, this was three years ago, we started this brand. And we, we did the whole line of reusable straws. I promote not using a straw, but if you have to use a straw, then use a reusable straw and take it with you. Right. So that brand, it flew off the shelves. It was awesome, right? Um, right now, we're at a very interesting time with that brand because it's like the fidget spinner. If you're in the fidget spinner at the beginning- like a little, awesome. yeah. Yeah. If you come into the fidget spinner three years later, it's the market is saturated. Right. The reusable straws right now is becoming a saturated market, which is something you have to watch as an entrepreneur. Yes, you can love your product, but you do have to take a step outside and look at the whole big picture because if you can't get your premium price, and I'm a true believer in making your product premium, if you can't get that price anymore, you might as well wean off the product. Right, right. So we're just at that point with no straw challenge, but just trying to make some decisions about it. But it was an awesome family project. My son did the logos. My daughter's a unicorn. We have the whole line of unicorn straws. So much fun. Wow. That's amazing. That was our first brand. That's amazing. So, and you're going to laugh at me at the second brand. So, so remember, I'm a police officer. Um, and living in Canada, marijuana became legal. Okay. I hate the smell of marijuana. Like, okay. it makes my nose itch. It actually, there's something in it, the terpenes or something. Uh, it's not the cigarette, it's not the smoke, it's the fresh marijuana. Like I can oh. actually, I'm imagining it right now. Wow. There's something about it that just, it's such strong, so strong. And I hated walking down the street and my, with my kids and they're like, oh, mom, what's that skunky smell? And having to explain it, right? If a person walks past me with a pocket full of fresh marijuana or cannabis, I totally know it's in their pocket. <laughs> right. It makes you a good police officer too. <laughs> Yeah, it's so strong. And then it permeates your vehicles, your clothes, backpacks, everything. So I was like, well, there's got to be something to hide this smell. So like people aren't judging you if you do choose to use it, which I'm not against it at all, right? Because it helps right. a lot of people. Of course. But if you choose to use it and there's a lot of judgy people out there, what can you do or Care, like what can you have to carry the product in so we discovered i discovered no trace bags which are bags lined with carbon molecule or carbon material and the molecules actually um attract the, the cannabis smell molecules and it makes them smell smell proof or go away it absorbs it oh wow yeah so we started with no trace bags so we started with a little bag called the joey named after my sister chihuahua because it's nice and little small um, we give them away for free. Just pay for shipping and handling at notracebags.com um, backslash free. And then, uh, we, then we have a bigger one with a lock on it because I don't think kids should be into marijuana. Right. It's an 8 by 11 with a lock on it. And then I just launched a backpack. Oh, very cool. 
Very cool. And that can work for camping too. If you got to, you know, hide your food from bears or anything like that. Oh, so there's definitely multi-use. Definitely multi-use. And what do most people use it for? If you, do you know, do you get some sort of reviews? Cannabis. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. That's a good, Hey, that's a good industry. That's a good, like, I always think about the cannabis industry is like, you can go in and start selling a bunch of pot and doing the growing and all this other stuff. I think that's like you said, saturated. That's a market that everyone's trying to get into. I think there's that sideways entrance somewhere that you can get in and be like, Hey, I have a product that helps you guys. I'm not trying to tap into your market, but I have something that actually really, really works. That's really cool. I'm, I'm impressed. Sell them on Amazon that whole brand, but we're using sales funnels now too, to okay. sell them. And I'm just starting in the influencer market and we're just building an affiliate program. Oh, very awesome. Very yeah. awesome. That's cool. And do you get them manufactured in, in Asia as well? Or, oh, that's awesome. And so t- tell me uh, on that topic, uh, I'm, I'm really curious because um, I've done a couple of things where I've done, uh, I had a business uh, where we do uh, socks on subscription basis, like. So much fun. Yeah. like six, seven years ago, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, And so I have a little bit of experience with that. I'm not a, I don't go out of my way to, you know, go and build my own products and all this. How long is that process usually for you from the time that your, your idea comes to mind? You're like, Hey, I want to get this done to the point receiving your products and all this other stuff. Like take me kind of through that life cycle, because I think that's really interesting. I think that brings a lot of value to people, especially if they, you know, if they are looking to do stuff on Amazon and, you know, you can go with the retail side of things. But I think uh, a lot of people want to brand their own thing because it allows them to have their own individual direct to consumer website, but they can also use it on Amazon and still have that brand throughput through the entire thing. Exactly. Well, first of all, I'm a total believer in building a brand, not just right. doing offs because of the course. Brand is you can build it up and then you have a nexus strategy because you've built a real product brand that you can sell and has value after. Absolutely. So I guess the first thing you do is you try and find a product idea. And then I know in my, or in my course, I have a product workbook. I have, it helps you develop ideas. And I always look around myself. Like, just like what I said is I'm, I look with an entrepreneur lens, like what is going on? Straws. Perfect. Okay. I can see that coming. Smelly marijuana. hate the stuff. Okay. So I'm getting ideas from around me and in my life because then I can market it. Right. Cause I believe in it. That's so, how, that's exactly how things come to my mind as well. Yeah. I'm that's, that's a good mindset. Exactly. Like my husband's a car guy. I can't sell car parts for the life of me, but right. he is a huge performance automotive guy and he can, he loves performance automotive parts. So he can sell that. Right. But then I come with an idea and then I crunch the numbers. So is there actually a market for it? I don't launch anything unless I know the numbers are there or it's a hobby, right? You have to be able to make money because you're going to invest. And I tell people when they're getting into this, yes, you can start as a side gig, but you're going to need real money to launch a product. And I usually average about 6,000 bucks to launch one product. Okay. So that's, I get that right out there. I'm like, you guys, this is real money. You're developing business make, and then set up your business with the background, like sole proprietor incorporation. We go through all of that, set it up mm-hmm. as a real business. So then you have a product idea, you run them numbers. You're like, okay, wait, I have, I can make money on this. I can double my money. So you're like, how am I going to find the product? I don't manufacture, right? I have no interest in it. Right. So I go to um, Asia or Thailand, or I look around locally to find a manufacturer that I can white label or private label. Alibaba is a huge one that a lot of people use, alibaba.com. 
right. and go there and Alibaba sells a whole bunch of items, anything you can imagine that you can put your own brand on it. Yep. Very familiar with Alibaba. Yeah. Exactly. So when I look on Amazon though, I don't want to sell the same thing as everybody on Amazon. I want to differentiate it. So I put my brand on it, but how else can I differentiate, make it premium, premium packaging? Like what else can you offer with it to make it more valuable to your customer? And you got to remember, you're not buying for yourself. You're buying for your customer. Of course. Right. So that's really knowing what your, who your customer is at the beginning. And it's just takes some thinking and some, you know, go on Facebook, ask people, ask questions. Hey, what do you guys think about this? What would you be looking for? Right. Doing the research. So then you find Alibaba, you're like, okay, there's three manufacturers on here. I get samples because I want to hold this item in my hand. I want to test it and I want to pre-sell it on Facebook marketplace or something to see if the market's actually there. Okay. So then I get the product sample sent to me. It's usually about $50 American a sample, or sometimes there's freight forwarders over there. And I know I don't want to overwhelm your audience, but they can bring all the samples together and send it to you. Of course. Then I take my sample and I really, um, look at it. Do I like it? Is there issues and what has to be fixed? Right. And how can I make it better? And then I go, once I pick a manufacturer, I go back and forth. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Okay. And change it, differentiate it because there's, again, there's no point selling the same things everybody else does on Amazon. Cause it's just going to be a race to the bottom. Like, how are you going to make this different for your market? Once I get all that set, um, and I'm good with the manufacturer with the prices and stuff, then I say, okay, perfect. This is the packaging we're going to do. Can you send me the cardboard box outline? Cause I usually do cardboard boxes mm -hmm. or I do a sticker on um, a plastic bag or something. Can you send me the size of sticker? And that's where I go to my guy on Fiverr and say, Hey, this is a product I'm launching. I need this packaging designed. And we go back and forth there. He designs it. And then I send it back to the manufacturer in Asia and they will have everything set up for me, ready to sell the product right away. Like they do all my packaging. Um, we can talk about barcodes. I don't really want to talk about that now. We can yeah, yeah. On everything. And they ship it to me ready to sell. So then I get a whole bunch either shipped to, I have a warehouse in the States who okay. I have to do that or shipped to in Canada. I've been shipping a lot to Canada right now because this free trade agreement that's going on or this battle between China and the States is gotten it expensive for a lot of people who are importing. Of so course. I just import to Canada and then I'll deal with it from there. And then I list on Amazon. I also list on, um, again, sales funnels like I talked about. Um, Amazon, um, where else do I sell it? I can sell locally. Um, when we did the straws last summer, my son needed a job. So I was doing craft markets with him and he was selling the straws at craft markets. That was paying right. hourly to go do that. So yeah, you have a that's product. That's awesome. And what, do you, what would you say, let's take, I don't know, let's take their no trace bags because I think that's more of like a product that I think people on a day-to-day -day basis can somewhat relate to. What would you say from the time you had that idea where, where that smell started getting to you to the point that you actually got the product live? What was that life cycle like? Would you say it's a year period? Is it six months? Is it three months? Is it what, what would you average that out to be? We have it launched, ready to go in two months. It's four, wow. 45 days is the longest is for shipping. But during that shipping time, there's so much you can do with regards to building your listing and getting photos and stuff like that. So of course. I can have a product launch. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Because, you know, when you describe that whole process, and obviously, let's not talk about the patents and all this other stuff. That's a whole nother ball game. But 
I, it, it sounds a lot longer because obviously there's, you know, but at the end of the day, knowing how to do it once or twice, you get efficient with it and you know who to talk to immediately. Now, do you, do you, when you do, okay, so we have straws, we have no trace bags, for example, is there the actuality where you go through one manufacturer and say, Hey, can you connect me with somebody that could do this for me? Or do you ever go to the same person for the same product just to minimize the amount of back and forth? I always actually, once I find a manufacturer that I'm happy with, I stay with them. Okay. So with all your products. Yep. Well, no, it's, I have different manufacturer for straws. I have a different manufacturer for the okay. bags, but I stay okay. with them. I just go back and forth because I really get to know them. And then I can start making payment deals with them. Cause usually when you pay, it's 30% to make the order and then 70% right. when it gets shipped. So now that I've dealt with the manufacturer long enough, I can do 30% when I make the order, 50% ship 20%, um, 30 or 60 days after you can start negotiating the more you buy it can get the lower price down so that's why I um, form a relationship business is all about relationships of course of course and, I form and a relationship you, with that company and and have you because I know some people that have uh, tried to do stuff on Alibaba have you ever been to the point where somebody took your money and ran the other way no Alibaba is quite if you're paying through Alibaba trade assurance you're protected it's like okay, paying okay. Okay, maybe maybe that was uh, you know a few years back or something like yeah. that because I remember one of my buddies was trying to think just simply do T-shirts and he sent to somebody like a deposit or something and never heard back, never had any. Okay, well that's good. That's insurance a... is pretty strong right now. I wouldn't wire transfer. I only pay through trade insurance or PayPal just for okay. that extra set of uh, that extra layer of protection. Of course, of course, and that's that's yeah. really really. I have to say I don't want to overwhelm the right. listeners right now. Private label isn't that hard. It's just step by step by step. But everybody's like, you know, go out and learn it all on YouTube by yourself. Well, I tried doing that. I was just like, ah, overwhelmed. You're a doer. You're a doer. You want to get it in your hands. You want to yeah. do things with it. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly. I'm a full proponent. Find the right course for you. Find the right person to mentor you. Find a person that will answer your questions that you can go through. And find a person that has broken down the whole process. So it is a step by step by step. So you know what to do next that you're not getting overwhelmed. Absolutely. And how many, and uh, just back to the other point, how many people right now are you currently helping out get this sort of business up and running for themselves? Like some sort of white label, like how many people are you, let's say coaching or, or kind of helping with this sort of thing? Do you have a pretty big, you know, laundry list of people that are knocking on your door and be like, Hey, I want to do this. I have a thousand ideas and I just need to get one of them off the ground type of thing. I'm a bit picky. I like people who are doers. Okay. That when you have an idea, they're actually going to make it happen. And then I'm there for you and support you 100%. Oh, perfect. perfect. So I always mentor um, my group who have my course because they pay, it's actually not, it's like $795 Canadian okay. um, course. Um, I mentor them. Right. And we use a Slack mastermind group. And then I do um, live question and answers also every Monday. So. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. No, that, that sounds really awesome. No, I love this. I, I think a lot of people, especially now when they're, you know, losing their jobs and trying to find something, like you said in the beginning, pivoting to something, even if you're an existing business, maybe you're, you know, trying to cut down your costs on certain things. I mean, there's so many ways of becoming more efficient in that sense that I think that's, that's really awesome. Uh, what, what you're doing now, do you yourself have a marketing background or how did you kind of phase into finding somebody that you can actually trust and that was going to actually bring you results? Because there's a lot of people out there that just say, yeah, we're going to get you so much money through Instagram, so much money through Facebook. And then you turn around and you're like, well, I just spent $5,000 and I haven't seen a, you know, I haven't seen, you know, yeah. percent come back from that basically. 
I do my background and I also go a lot by gut instinct when I meet people. Okay. I'm looking for a genuine, authentic person. I don't want that 28 year old who is, you know, the guru of all and they're doing Facebook ads in front of their private jet that they photoshopped in or they've gone and oh. rented a Lamborghini for a day. I'm sorry. Right. I just look at that going, oh, no, no, no. I think authenticity sells. It's a new currency. Right. Um, I like marketing right now. And I don't really call it marketing. I call it just being myself. What you see is what you get. Right. Hence why I do this podcast in my t-shirt and my beard. And <laughs> like, I laugh because seriously, I'm running around today doing errands. And I was about to go to Walmart and I was like, oh no, I've got to do a podcast. And I was so excited <laughs> about it. And I popped across the road. I'm in my sister's office right now. She I has a office saying hey can i borrow just a wall <laughs> <laughs> that's this is what i love this is uh, honestly this is this is really awesome i, yeah, I love I home and it was my birthday this weekend and for some reason i have to make my own birthday dinner i have no clue how this happened someone and, left you hanging for sure <laughs> i know i'm like and of course we're having eggs benedict love eggs oh. benedict, on a portobello mushroom instead of the english oh, oh look at that look at that another Ooh. another explosion <laughs> It's so good. I really am all about the hollandaise sauce, but I'm actually in the midst a little bit. I'm in the midst of moving on to a boat right now. Oh, wow. My whole family. I need to, I, I, I love being around the ocean. Oh, so you're a fish. Of, you're a fish at heart. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of living in a house. So my husband and I bought a boat and we we're renovating it and I'm moving him myself and my two kids and my two dogs on board a boat. So I spent the last three days on a boat just doing some repairs and we went over to Alan did some crabbing and stuff. It's a totally different lifestyle, but Amazon has allowed me to do this because have laptop will travel. Right. Right. I have laptop, you're probably the same way. I can do my business anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. I got my, uh, I got my uh, best friend over here. This is <gasps> buddy. Oh, he's so cute. That Hi, he's buddy. Uh, buddy. Say hello. Hi, buddy. He's like, no, I'm sleeping right now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you, bug off. <laughs> Somebody else said uh, the other day said that's your chief nap officer right there. I said yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. I to be in this office because I have a coonhound, and when she hears anything, it's like, it's oh, like oh, oh, yeah. Oh, he's the same way. If I do that to him, he starts talking the same exact way. No, that's that's really awesome. No, I, I think uh, this is great. Is there anything else that people uh, should know about either, whether it's Amazon, about you, how you can help them or anything else? I think that this is really, really valuable content. Like, I think this is awesome for people, especially, like I said earlier, getting into doing something for themselves, utilizing all these damn tools that we have instead of sitting on social media and just posting about, you know, what they're having for lunch today, which is fine. But, you know, there's ways to monetize this sort of stuff. And I'm always very, uh, this is one of the reasons why I started the podcast is just to learn from other people, because I've been running a business for a long time, learning from other people, what they do, how they do it, and what drives them at the end of the day? Because I don't think everyone has drive. Everyone has ideas. But like you said, you're very picky about who you work with because you want to know that they're a doer and that they're going to do the work and not just sit back and hope that you're going to do this for them and drive the, drive the ship type of thing. I want to hold them accountable. I get really frustrated if someone's always, I think I should do this. I think I should do this. I'm like, no, just go do it. Analysis paralysis is real. Go do it. Yeah, yeah. Analysis paralysis is real. <sighs> I know. Um, I think there's a couple things. I think if you have an idea in your head, 
you're doing a disservice to the rest of us by not getting it out there. I need oh. to know what your idea and what your product is because it's probably something I need in my life. Oh, right? I love that. Probably something that's going to make my life easier. So don't get paralyzed in your head. Take that idea and run with it. The worst thing that can happen, and I think people are worried about this, is you be like my Fortnite sweatshirts, right? You learn from it though and you move on. It's the mistake that's going to cost you maybe a couple thousand bucks, if that. And at the end of the day, what's, the what's to it? learn from it is huge. Exactly. Exactly. And you've done it the first time. So then your next product is easier and easier and easier as you grow your brand. So again, you're doing us a disservice if you're not getting your product idea out there. Please get your product idea out there because, again, I probably need it in my life to make my life easier. So that's the first one. Second, you're only one product away. I tell people, right, right. whether that be, and again, people define success different in their life. You're one product away from being whatever you define success as for me, it's living on my boat. I don't need much. I'm very much a bit of a minimalist, right? I just need sunshine, maybe a crab trap or two live on my boat, have my family around me. I don't need big mansions. I don't need this. So this lifestyle allows me to do that. Okay. I love and again, it one product away from whatever you define as success. And if you're interested, check out, can I point below? I don't know where this is. Uh, it's going to be in the show notes. So you could definitely point below because on YouTube, it's going to be below. Yes, absolutely. In the show notes. Um, so I'm e-commerce queen B www.ecommercequeenbee.com. I do have a free bootcamp because I'm totally about giving out value. I love to give value to help people out say, Hey, look at this. This is some great ideas. This is what you have to do. This is all about Amazon, blah, blah, blah. So I have a free boot camp going right now. It's for Canadians. However, it's totally applicable for Americans. Just ignore the tax part. There you go. It's a little bit different in Canada. Right. But I am going to come up with an American boot camp first. Again, or soon. Again, it's free. And then I go from the boot camp and then I do have a course. It's 56 videos on how to build a brand and how to list on Amazon and how to sell off of Amazon. And there's, so it's 56 videos and I think there's 10 bonus videos and a whole bunch of other bonus stuff on scaling and outsourcing. And I give you all the tools I use, like my Excel spreadsheet I use to crunch my numbers. Everything is in there. And wow. you've got access to me. I love talking to people and helping them out. I was just answering one girl last night. We were doing Facebook messaging back and forth with questions. I'm there for you, right? I love it. That's all down below. So yeah, that's how you get a hold of me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then one, uh, maybe one last question across all the different products that you, that people are either reaching out to you about or anything like that industry and category wise, what seems to be kind of on the uphill rise? If you don't mind sharing that with people, it could be something generic. You don't have to go into specifics. What do you see kind of, I know like workout stuff is very big right now, you know, different things. Like what do you see go as the upward trend where you start to make you think like, Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Home office. Home office, of course. Okay. Everybody's working at home right now, right? Mm -hmm. and home kitchen and anything to make people make their home better because people are spending a lot of time in their houses right now. That's why the home improvement industry has blown up. Like, have you tried to hire a construction guy right now? You can't do it. Right. So anything about home and kitchen, home goods, anything to make the house better because people are spending so much time in it and home office. Of course, Christmas is coming up. I don't know when we're going to put out this podcast. But Q4 is huge and that's toys. And this, uh, this online market right now for Amazon, it's going to blow up this Christmas. Absolutely yeah. blow up. And we're already seeing that. And, so. and, then, and then my idea that I'm going to ask for your feedback on, 
a dog leash that has a hand warmer at the end of it when it's cold out. Yes, please. I would love right? that. Can you it's just make it like a mitt? That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, can you make it glow in the dark? You need a glow in the dark version. There you go. Because it gets I've dark. I've been sitting on this. I've, I'm, I'm one of those people. I've been sitting on this for like a year and a half, this idea that's been twirling around in my head. And I'm one of those people where I'm like, I always give it that like a little buffer period where I'm like, let me see if anybody else is in the same, in the same mind state. And I haven't seen anything come out yet. So I might need to no. contact you. <laughs> Go in the dark is big right now. Just because again, it's turning dark so fast. I'm out walking my dog. And I'm like, I can't see my dog because she's black. Right. Right, 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 right. right. Warm, hand warmer because my hands get cold. Dog leash, glow in the dark. Brilliant. Would totally buy that. There we go. There we go. You're doing me a disservice by not making that product. Hey, you might have just motivated me to get this going. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, Janice, thank you so, so much. What's the best place? Oh, go ahead. First, though. Huh? I'm going to interrupt you. Yes, yes, please do. People out there. I don't think you realize how amazing these podcasts are. These people spend a lot of time doing them and providing so much value. So give a little back, just throw down a review. I don't think people realize how important review reviews are for podcasters. It really helps them. So if you've loved this podcast and you like Zlatko, you may not, I'm not going to force you. No offense. (laughs) You don't have, you don't have to like me. Throw him a review, please go to Apple, iTunes, Spotify, anything, chuck a review. He'll be extremely grateful. Yeah, and just talk about Janice. I'm perfectly okay with it. You don't even have to talk about me. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Janice, thank you so much. This was really, really awesome. I may need to have you on for another episode at some point when you're on your boat. And I want to see a cool, like, background and, like, your dogs and everybody just having a great time. I think that would be really awesome. Yeah, there you go. You might be on, like, yeah. Uh, what's the best place for people to reach out to you? Is it through your course? Is it through LinkedIn? Is it, do you have any specifics around that? I do Website? both. Uh, com is the easiest way to get a hold of me or Janice at ecommercequeenbee.com. And it's Janice, like Janice Joplin. Okay, perfect. Perfect. And we'll make sure, we'll make sure to have that in the, in the show notes, obviously. Thank you so much again. This was extremely awesome and uh, i'm looking forward to this being released and then you know probably in the next week or so and then uh i'll let you know but this was uh, fantastic thank you so much for being on i really appreciate it so much fun anytime bye guys bye